Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back, fellow music lovers. You're now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. And uh, I think we can, it's safe to say now that 2016 is basically kicking everybody's ass. We, you know, we're, we're coming out of our, our post-election uh, sort of depression coma. It's been a hard few weeks, maybe a week or so, but... Uh, it's getting better. It's getting a little better. And, uh, but just when you think it's, it's a bright, bright light at the end here, uh, news came on Friday night. I believe it was that Miss Sharon Jones had passed away. Uh, 2016 has been, it started off with David Bowie, uh, just taking legendary artists from us left and right. Uh, this one hurts. If you ever saw Sharon Jones, um, she was a remarkable performer. Uh, not just that, she was a, she was a real person. I I saw her a few times. I'm familiar with her music, but I, I saw her. The thing that stuck out to me most about Sharon Jones was um, down at Jazz Fest. She performed, and um, and uh, this was back in like 2007, I believe, maybe 2008. And uh, we were all down there having a good time. And and if you've ever been to Jazz Fest, you know they have often uh, in one of the buildings these sort of conferences. And uh, and so we went to see her and the head of Daptone Records speak. And uh, what you saw, you know, on stage, uh, she was she was liquid sex. Uh, she was on fire. She was a force of nature. She was everything that was good in the world. Uh, but you saw um, when she spoke, uh, just not on stage, but as a person, she was a uh, she was a mother. She was a grandmother. She was a thoughtful person who had uh, survived. Uh, like the civil rights movement, she, um, she was there for it all, um, for life and, uh, and soaked it all up and never let it beat her down. Even in the end, uh, when she was suffering from cancer, uh, it went into remission. She went out and, uh, she beat it once and she went out and started playing and, um, she didn't beat it a second time, you know, and you know, here we think fuck cancer. Uh, it is, uh, it is, it is the worst, and it's stolen yet another person uh, from us before their time. But uh, we should sort of cherish the time, and the, and more importantly, the art that she left behind for us uh, more than anything. Which has been the message of this week. Um, to sort of enjoy every moment. If you if you're a fan of REM, uh, the, there was a rumor going around that the name of their band stand, stood for "Remember Every Moment." And I tend to tend to like that a little bit. Um, so, so rest in peace, Sharon Jones. Uh, also, rest in peace, what CD? Now we're gonna have a, uh, a, a I think a special podcast about this. But for those of you who don't know what what CD was, um, it was a torrent site. It was a torrent site that I, I would be almost 
certainly at least 80 to 90 percent of the people listening to this uh have used it knew what it was benefited from it but it was it was it was more than that um you know when you say torrent site you immediately think piracy you immediately think piracy is bad uh we're gonna talk about this because um it might not be all bad yeah it's been my stance for years but but this in particular uh was a a remarkably curated collection of torrents which led to uh, files on on other people's computers uh, as file sharing uh, of, of the highest order and anything literally anything out of print in print uh, it could be found there uh, weird Japanese versions of uh, of your favorite band uh, live bootlegs that you couldn't find anywhere else it was it was a remarkable resource and it was it, it, it continued to grow over the ten years it was in existence and um, and as such, it it was like the one place you could go uh, to find that very obscure recording that was out of print that literally existed nowhere else. I mean, these things were ripped from vinyls from seventy eight. These, this was just it, they were doing a lot of the work that that we as a a uh, preservational uh, culture uh, has not been doing, or rather, we have been doing it, but we weren't able to do it as well. Uh, I. You'll hear us when we talk about this. I, I think the Smithsonian should pick up on this and uh, and start to crowdsource stuff like this using torrents, legitimize this file sharing method. But uh, it's neither here nor there. Uh, on, on Friday, they got shut down. Uh, so uh, they are no more. Not only did they get, sh- get shut down, uh, servers were claimed, and every bit of information uh, that had been collected uh, just even the sources, the metadata, uh, is gone. So uh, that's a tremendous loss, I think, for for music lovers, for music fans, and for for music history. And um, we'll see how that bears out. I have my ideas. I don't think it bears out well for musicians, but um, we'll be talking about that hopefully next week. You might get a bonus episode. So. Uh, that's just a few things up front this week. We got a great podcast for you talking about Danny Brown's atrocity ex- exhibition and getting Brianna Younger and Sarah Godfrey in the room on the mic for the first time ever, I believe. Uh, uh, joining <laughs> joining in was our good friend Marcus Tallian, and you'll hear at the end uh, Marcus Moore. Uh, just wanted to hang out because he loves those people. They love him, and and uh, and uh, we had a, we had a really great time. We ate some uh, chicken and rice. Uh, I want you to stick around after the discussion here, uh, because this did take place uh, two days after the election, and uh, these are people whose opinions I value greatly, and uh, and so we, so we sort of talk about that. Rather than play a track uh, at the end of this by some artists you may or may not know, uh, we have a serious discussion about what all this means, how we've been getting by, and uh, and any advice to any you guys for getting by. So. That's our podcast coming up for you this week. I've been rambling long enough. Uh, It's about time we head down to the basement, so let's go. I don't know. How the fuck? (laughs) You guys want to talk about Trump or Danny Brown? Oh. Both. We can, we can there's, talk a way, about, there's a way to make it work. work we can talk the, about how Danny Brown made like an anti-drug album, but now we all need drugs. God, yes. Yes. Wow. That's why you 
That's why you you pay the big bucks. Yeah. I I, I, I didn't need 15 words. That was it. That was it. Cast over. Uh, no, the voices you hear right now, you know uh, Marcus Dowling. Hello, hello. Uh, Sarah Godfrey, Brianna Younger, welcome back, guys. This is the first time you guys have been here together. Thank you for doing Yay. this. Uh, glad you could do this. They seem very happy on the couch. And then, and sort of scowling over in the corner is Marcus Moore. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> he's what's like, going on? He's, uh, we are uh, here in the... Uh, this is the, this is actually the first, uh, first post-election podcast that we've taped. I, yeah. I didn't know running up to this if I was even going to be able to do this. Uh, luckily for all of us, I drank a lot today. So, all right. <laughs> so, so we are we are back in the pocket. We are ready to roll. There um, it is. Danny Brown is a uh, a rapper from Detroit. Although I want to get into that a little later. See yes. how we're classifying his stuff now. Uh, this is his fourth album, Atrocity Expedition. His first album was The Hybrid, and this is sort of a trilogy: Triple uh, X and then Old. He's developed. This is a uh, would you guys yeah. say old school style? Like starting <laughs> off or not? I'd say he's unhinged, and I'd say that he's influenced by all that stuff. But yeah, I think he's on a whole different other wave than anybody else rapping right now. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. His, yeah, his, yeah. Appro- his approach is so different. Well, because on a very reductive level, like when I hear stuff off the new one, I hear uh, stuff back in like the early '90s, and not like popular stuff like House of Pain. I, I hate to say it, but I mean that, that's what a lot of this stuff sounds like, and it's and it's great. But like you said, he's unhinged completely. This is. Uh, I don't know if, how people were expecting this album, like what they wanted it to be or anything. To my mind, though, and I've told you this many times, uh, Dowling, this is one of the most like psychedelic albums of this year, uh, which, to my mind, throws into a uh, question: like, is the, are we talking about hip hop with this album, or are we are we talking about just like this guy's a motherfucker of an artist, or not? Can you not be both? You can. He's a Danny's always been like. He's like he's like he's like a nerd that got left out of everything for like way too long, and was like and nobody talked to him for like way too mm-hmm. long. And then well, it's if you, like if you read his bio, I mean, he was passed back and forth between families. Right. Uh, ended up a drug dealer. Ended up in prison. Yeah. And then decided, shit, I'm gonna win it. Right. And it's and that's the thing. It's like when you leave somebody alone for that long in their head, everything is like composed as as a thought. In a way that, like, he's going to tell you what he's thinking. Not for you to, like, pick... And the only thing about trying to review a Danny Brown record, because I've done this before, is, like, you try to pick into it, and you're like, okay, I'm going to slice it to this song. And then it's like you hit a you hit a point, and it's like a bone, and you're not expecting this bone to be here. And you're like, well, what the hell? Why is that there? And then it's because he's totally composed thoughts in his head for years. So they're like wrapped and they're tight and they're wound so like thick that like they they shoot out of his mouth. You're just like what? And it forces you to like try to put the pieces together and when you put the pieces together of like just a thought, not even the whole song, but just a thought. It's like part of it's like soul music, part of it's techno, part of it's rap, part of it's politics, mm-hmm. part of it's just like his 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 love of misogyny. Like, there's, like, yeah. stuff that just ties the in. It's like, it's like, boom, and you're just like, what? 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 What are you doing? Like, how do you do that? Like, why Why are you doing that? Like, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say this. You shouldn't make a song like that. Why Why are you rapping at that meter against mm-hmm. that break? What? Why? why? <laughs> like, it's just, and, and then you have to, like, and that's, like, the first listen. The second listen, you're like, okay, 
I'm, I'm accepting of this now because I know what you do. And now it's like art. It's like, okay, now I get the art of it. And, and no other performer, no other artist is doing that, I think, in art of any sort right now. With this album, though, would you say that we know what he's doing? Because, like, I mean, I went back and listened to all this stuff today, and I, and I this is, Eduardo did not, specifically did not want to talk about this yeah. because it makes him feel a little bad because he doesn't know what to make of, of it. It's, it's, a, it's a kinetic, visceral, like, leap. It's a lurch out from the very first song, and it's disorienting all the way through and like to me that's that makes fantastic art that's where uh, and you know not to imply he couldn't be a great artist or anything but that's something you don't hear in hip-hop a lot uh you heard that in in a very different way in kendrick lamar's to pimp a butterfly but this is is not talking about those things a lot you know a lot of this uh i i didn't but, pick up on the anti-drug thing you know i was just like fuck this guy likes to get high as fuck like torturing yeah, him the whole time, time. really like, yeah, it's it's like the thing with Danny that's crazy is like he's like okay, so like like Dead Dead Presidents the movie, he's yeah. like the 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 guy in Dead Presidents who came back from the war and like immediately got hooked on heroin mm-hmm. and like immediately was like kind of adjacent to these guys who are like you know like real progressive like you know fight man black power stuff, but at the same time it's like when he goes home after the the, the rally, it's like I'm a I'm a load up. Because cause life is fucking hard. We were, Brianna and I were talking about, I think we, I think you like it more than I do. I sort of respect his art here and a lot of the painful stuff he sort of lays out here. I just don't find it that listenable. He's yeah. someone who I really like and I'm glad he's here. And I just think he's a great person. But I just do not find this a super, like, I want to listen to it in my car like, well, think which was, is fine i think that was intentional though like yeah. it feels to me like drugs like it feels right. like yeah you like it but you're not supposed to like you're enjoying it but at the same time you know it's going terribly and there's a few good like hits a few good highs throughout the album mm-hmm. you know there uh, i think one of the tracks i, I want to focus on is uh, ain't it funny yeah uh, yes. uh <laughs> dance in the water Oh, this the water you is is stuff that like yeah that's that's going to be a hit for that but in between all this is this weird connective tissue mm-hmm. where he's just going off and on and like I have listened to this album probably like a dozen times at this point I can't keep up and I and I agree, and I, but I agree with you but that, that, that this is like maybe I don't like this you know this reminds me of old like ministry old old industrial music uh-huh. yeah which is something mm-hmm. the last thing I would expect from anybody much less like hip hop in 2016 and it's not just in the music it's in what he's talking about this is like dark 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 stuff For sure. and uh, has anybody seen the uh, the movie um oh into the void yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, this this album feels like that whole movie put exactly to. And if you look, if you look at the trailer, if you just just watch the trailer, if you haven't seen it, the, even the music sounds exactly like this. Mm. And Enter the Void is a cult classic. And to Sarah's point about the album, how I how she feels about the album is how I feel about the movie, which is it's hard to watch. I can't make mm-hmm. it through it. Like it's very disorienting. Yeah. It's very like. To- so, so for for anybody who hasn't seen it, like the movie basically is, it starts with the death of the protagonist, yeah. and then you're seeing this whole weird vision uh, through his eyes. It's Gaspar Noe, a French director, mm-hmm. and, and it and and it ends, I believe, it's up up in the air. It ends with his rebirth. 
Uh, you never know quite what's going on. But it, it is it is like uh, being on acid put on film. Like, more so than any other movie I can think of in the past, like, two decades. It is it is just... It's brutal to watch. It's mm-hmm. it's scary to watch. It's uncomfortable to watch. But it's also fucking brilliant art. Because why... why would, first of all, why would you do that? <laughs> Second of all, how did you pull that off? Right. Like, that's a very specific feeling. I don't know how you guys experience with uh, psychedelics in this room. I got a little. <laughs> it's a very specific feeling. And it's, it's uh, although Asheville over here, <laughs> uh, you know, and and it's so hard to explain to people and it's so hard to, to definitely convey to people artistically. But, like, something like that, like, nails it. This is, like, I'm glad you said that. This feels like you're on drugs. And I don't think it's bad though. <laughs> like okay, so um, for for like the first three years that I started to write again, I took a lot of party drugs. This shouldn't surprise anybody in this room <laughs> who knows me. Um, it's like so. There's like parts of this album like really dough, which is like this great record. Mm-hmm. It's great only black to, milk on that. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Detroit. Shout out to Black Milk. But uh, so I listened to this record. I'll never forget like the first time I heard it, which is like before the album came out. And I listened and I was like, oh, God, this is like when I'm at a rave and like they decided to like play the rap song. And like it, it hits really hard and it sounds like a thing I'm like really going to like and I'm like really like fucked up. So I'm like, all right, this is going to be the most amazing moment ever. And then like these voices cut through and it's like they're just so low right. and they're so heavy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> and you start thinking about shit. You're like, wow, like, <laughs> like, like this is really this was a really bad idea. That's my motto for why I don't do drugs. Because then you start thinking about shit. You're like, okay, so I'm on these drugs. This is bad. This is really bad. I should not be doing this. Why am I doing this? I feel like because my thing with Danny Brown that I really enjoy is that I feel like. He's like uh, at, at his soul, like a good black kid, like the way that like my mom believes me to be a good black kid is is core, and just life happened to him, and he kind of like took all these like twists and turns and lefts and rights, and ended up at this place where he's like on drugs in a recording booth, and it's like holy shit, like how did I end up here? Yeah, I have to fucking survive this, obviously, because this is like my living, this is what I do, this is my, the thing, and it's like. It's so deep inside of his head, and it, when you listen to the music, it's so deep. It gets mm-hmm. so deep inside your head that it like occupies all the fucking physical space mm-hmm. in your head. Which, if you're on drugs, is great because like you have this higher register that the drugs create, where you're like, okay, I have all this other room to go. But like your actual brain matter is like just crammed, and it's like, and you're just trying to get to that higher space, but you're stuck there because like there are people saying really like intellectual things and the music is like really heavy what's up <laughs> intellectual <laughs> yeah, you're like, everything's intellectual and you're man. just like whoa oh man like this is really i like weed and beer is that why i don't fuck with this album it's just not it's not it's not for me no and, and that's all and that's okay <laughs> well, that's why i brought up so the experience with psychedelics yeah, i mean it, it is like I, i'll tell you i said this before like i've done acid once it's a horrible fucking drug for me it might be good for other people but it's it's just not it's not okay for me but to your point, that is is why for me. Yeah, I spend enough time up in my head. And I, I don't. I don't <laughs> need somebody like driving right. over to me to see like other weird shit that I don't want to see. But you're not yeah. up in your head. You're down in your head. Like Danny Brown's music, like pulls you right. into your cerebellum. Like 
Well, I think what makes this album different, though, is for Triple X and Old, the like cerebral stuff was very separated from like the trippy stuff. Right. Like mm-hmm. there were literal points in the album, Act One, Act Two, where it was like, this is this and this is that. And on Trocity, he really finds a way to make it feel like you're tripping mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be. And it's not good. Like, <laughs> right. this album feels like the moment before you take the shot that takes you over. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. And it's just, like, you want to stop, but you want to keep going. And right. it feels good, and it feels terrible all at the same time. Right. Right. Let's, let's hear a track uh, about that. I think this is probably exhibits this pretty good. This is uh, Ain't It Funny. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's uh, ain't it funny? Uh, is the name of the track. That is uh, probably one of the best tracks in this album. That is, um, very, and that's actually the track that made me think of Into the Void. Like just that, and, and you know, I said kinetic already, but just that kinetic energy. Once that starts, you have to write it out. There's no song structure. It's just that four on the floor. It's just yep. boom, 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 and it beats you, beats you, and then it drops you, and it's like. God damn it, dude! His dad was a was a techno DJ as well, which is like a key point of I think about Danny's like ability as a rapper is that he approaches like structures of songs in a weird way because he's like mm-hmm. been exposed to like every single type of song that there is that like you could listen to. Uh, so it's like you know, you'll you'll hear him on something like that, and that's that's nothing for him. Like you know, like oh, Ford Floor, okay, cool, because he's heard it a million times. Like growing up or whatever, so it's just like he yeah. can get in, he can find his way into that. But it's got this unique ability that I don't know. Maybe you guys can probably speak to this more than I can. Uh, that I I don't know that I've heard on his other work because you know on Triple X and Old it stand it sounds like 
not st- it's definitely not standard hip hop, but it is hip hop. Yeah. And this crosses over into something like unclassifiable. And mm-hmm. I I don't know maybe you guys know. I know you you love Danny Brown, Bree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you went to see him like at Fillmore, which I was sad. As soon as I saw that tweet from you, I was like, "God damn it, I fucked up." <laughs> uh and uh you how do you account or or has there been like for this evolution of his sound to like w- this album now i mean i think he's figured out what he's been trying to do um in my <laughs> review i wrote that you know again with triple x and old being segmented like atrocity is a reconciliation like it's both of those things mm-hmm. smashing together mm. and i think that's why it sounds this way because when he becomes sober, we'll say, it's a very traditional style of rap. And when he's not, it's a very dizzying style. And yeah. on this, he is rapping incredibly well. but it And he's rapping about something that's really deep. But it sounds like something else. Yes. Yeah. I And I think Atrocity is him figuring all of that out finally. Mm. Like the battle is over. I'm just both. Yeah. Okay. Is that it? Um, <laughs> there's, there's a bit of him, like, I think also where I think he, like, like trying to make mainstream records or make mainstream sense of his unique craft as a, as a performer has, like, been to his detriment in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're going to make a record that's segmented where you're going to be this person and you're going to be this person. Or you have to make a song that we can attempt to make some sort of money off of in some sort of way. So don't get too high when you go into the studio. And it's, you're, you know, and for him, I'm sure that that's like recontextualizing the headspace that he gets into to like create the music mm-hmm. he, he makes. So that's hard. And this is the first time where he's really, he's got to a point now where he has a little bit of creative freedom. He has some ability to like do the thing that he wants to do. I feel like when I listen to this record, it's like, this is the first time I've heard a Danny Brown record where I'm like, okay, there's not as much like, I feel like, Hands in the pot, like controlling right. how this is. No, it like, feels like a personal album. Yeah, and that's and and that to me is important. Like I think he's the kind of artist where you always want Danny Brown to be personal, like intensely mm-hmm. personal. And he and this record certainly is more intense than you know, old and triple X. And not and not it used to be that the production was intense on Danny Brown records, but now it's like the words are intense, and and that means a lot more to me. Right. I think one of the things I struggle with about it is that that's true. What you said, like it yeah. is a deeply personal album. And I am one of those sort of like old provincial people who like the old shit better and don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people everyone talks about on Twitter. Like just let him do his thing. Like, mm. fuck you. It's artistic. Like I have, I don't have a lot of sympathy for artists being like, Oh, fans don't grow with me and I'm doing this now. And this is like my real shit. And you know, people don't appreciate it as they should. But at the same time, I empathize with someone who is going through real shit and is like getting to tell real stories. And I think it's great that he's able to do that. Yeah. And retain my right. Yeah. The first time I heard this, I got the idea that he didn't give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah. He like does not give a fuck about the industry he's in. He's not give. I mean, he, he came out and said, Clearly, Black Star, David Bowie, is mm-hmm. the greatest album of the year and maybe all time. I mean, this is a guy who's aware of like everything going on and making this art. I mean, this album reminds me of, honestly, Radiohead. In a year mm. that Radiohead put out a shit album, 
Like we have a guy who was clearly like heard Radiohead growing up. For sure. Everybody did. For sure. yeah. And was like, oh, you can do this and you can put this into your art. Well, why don't I do that? And nobody does it though. You have a bunch right. of like just crap ass rock bands who are like, we want to be Radiohead <laughs> and stuff. And for it to show up in hip hop is is incredible. Like it's just like, fuck yeah. Like this is, this is and that's why I made the, the Kendrick comp. What Kendrick is doing is taking the past and taking all this stuff and, and elevating it and making this huge social statement. This is a personal statement, but I think in 2016 it's as important as that because of how he's saying it. Because if he, he plays it to the the hip hop audience, mm-hmm. like is the, is the general hip hop audience gonna like? Okay. Follow this but or not? I, oh. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll say one more thing. I no, think like this is very much one of the reasons I feel it, even though I don't really feel it. It's a reaction to someone who's in deep pain because he has a fan base that doesn't necessarily look like him, who wants him to be a certain right. way okay. mm-hmm. and sort of be like a happy go lucky sort of like guy who fucks a lot of women and does a lot of drugs. Yeah. And I feel like this is very much a reaction to that. So I appreciate that aspect of yeah. it a lot two things i don't think danny brown's been sober for two straight years i think that this is right. the first record that he's recorded where he was actually got to be sober for once like and that's mm-hmm. a, and there's pain that's involved in that when like his whole gimmick for like two years was like i go on the road and fuck white women and take drugs exactly every day <laughs> was it yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 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 don't, I, 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 don't, I don't follow this shit. So. That, was his, that was his gimmick. Was like, oh, Danny Brown's the guy who goes on the stage and raps and says, "Suck my dick," and then when he gets off the stage, that's what happens. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, then you know you do some drugs, uh, and then after doing some drugs, you have somebody else. You know, that's what that's what that's what you do, and that's difficult. And I think that. The point where he finally got to be like sober, like when the tour finally ends, because mm-hmm. tour cycles now are like death. Like yeah. you're like mm-hmm. going on the road, and I mean, and most of his significant fan base is in like Australia and is in Europe. So he spends time flying like to hither and yon while high. Remember, so this is not like right. a fun trip on many levels. You know, twenty six hour plane flights. Yeah, tripping on a plane and uh, Yeah, right. It's not cool. And then it's funny, you talk about like um, him not necessarily being old. Um, He's mid thirties, right? Yeah, yeah. But as far as like, but as far as like his influences, like uh, when I listened to his record, the first thing it made me think of was like Scarface and Ghetto Boy, Ghetto Boys records. Mm. Yeah, just exactly. the storytelling, like um, like Mind Playing Tricks on Me is like for a lot of rap fans, like the first record where you got to hear somebody talk about like doing a drug that wasn't like coke or you know weed mm-hmm. like the the ghetto boys on mind player tricks over here definitely talk about psychedelic drugs mm-hmm. like yeah. bushwick bill is definitely taking lsd <laughs> like no no joke no doubt about it like my, my, right. my hands are all bloody right. from punching on the concrete you know and there's nobody there so that doesn't happen when you're just <laughs> that's that that doesn't come from just smoking weed like somebody laced that shit so that's just saying like there's 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 a lot of stuff that is important to like Danny Brown that doesn't come up in traditional rap conversations. That's another thing mm-hmm. I think that makes him great. Is that you okay, so like I I'm I'm kind of sort of like aware of like Nick Catchdubs who does stuff at Fool's Gold and we go back and forth on email sometimes. 
and we and the thing with Catch Dubs that's great is that he's like an old school, like weird alt underground rap person. Mm-hmm. So like when Danny Brown became a thing, I got an email that was like, "Hey man, can you believe that Danny Brown got a record deal?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's fucking crazy." And he's like, "Yeah, there's gonna be some weird records and a whole bunch of other like weird rap shit that we don't talk about anymore that we get to talk about now." And I'm like. Yeah, I guess so. That's kind of cool. And then, like, to see him now, like, making a record that made me think of Scarface. And I haven't thought of Scarface in 10 years. It's like the same way with Master P being on the um, Solange record. Mm-hmm. And you're like... Right. right. I think of Scarface every day, personally. Well, you're from... Well, <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But, I mean, I mean, like, but for, for, like, the average rap listener who... For sure. In, in 2016, is like, they, they rap before Jay-Z. Like, you know, I mean, you, you, Brianna, you're laughing. Cause Wait, is that you know a thing? Is that, is that really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People rapped before Jay-Z so, did Reasonable Doubt. I'm old. <laughs> in, like in, I'm, I'm really old. <laughs> Fuck, is that? Uh, That's another conversation for another. So for, these, yeah. so for these kids, Danny Brown is like the first rapper that they've ever heard who like doesn't rap about like real basic shit. But yeah, I think, though, we have to address the tweets from a couple of years ago where I guess he essentially felt like that slapped him in his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, for him to come out with this album after those tweets is kind of like, I don't know, I want to say it's scary, but not really. It almost feels redemptive. What, yeah. what, what were the were the tweets for an old person in the room who might not know <laughs> what, what was going on? <laughs> um, He was just saying how his fans essentially want him to always be high mm-hmm. and to not be surprised if he overdoses and oh fuck yeah. that's horrible yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's fucking horrible <laughs> <laughs> like how can you not like someone's sort of you know more free or sober self after that even if you don't really like that one that much right but yeah. to me it's like that that <laughs> like i can't yeah, i can't ima- i can't imagine what it's like to get into a, a recording booth and know that you have to like make a record to appease a fan base because you've been doing this long enough now you have a fan base and there are people who have to push this record to people that have bought your other records where you have to appease those people and you know yeah. that, and you yeah. have to think also when you're recording these songs and you have to appease these people of where you are at mentally mm. when you recorded every single song that popped for you that blew up for you and you're like, oh yeah, that was that night after that night in Toronto when this and this and this and this and this, and this happened. And then you're like, oh my god, can I can I go back to that place? Like, is that a place that I can still reach? Is that a thing I can still do? Right. Do I have to be like completely out of my head? Like, like where, where's that? Where's that? Where's that pill guy? Where's he at? Like, oh god, he's dead. I I, I don't know what I can do. What 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 the hell? And. It's it's a it's it's a fascinating record to listen to in that sense because it's like he's like running and like hitting against that that wall every time, which gives it that. Well, it's that I mean, feel. I mean, back, back to what I was saying about like tripping your face off. Um, you know, it, it, it there's there's a guy, uh, a very famous writer, Stephen King, who can uh, very famous writer uh, more su- yes <laughs> more succinctly uh, describe in a, in a book what what it's like. I mean, he's He's popular for a reason. He's a good storyteller, but he can yeah. describe what it is to be tripping, to be on drugs, to do this than anybody because he has had multiple drug problems, and I, and right. I think that he's now sober. Yeah, and I—that's a very unique talent. And that if this is where Danny Brown is, and he's got that, 
you know, we we on a previous podcast just talked about uh, Bob Dylan getting the Nobel Prize for Literature, and there better fucking be a hip hop artist next. Yeah, if yeah. they're going to be handing out that shit. But you know, this is the type of thing we're talking about. We're talking about like, you know, his stuff clearly wouldn't be like Faulkner. It would be more like Caviacker. It'd be like really like fucked up, dark, like almost freeform uh, prose. But uh, that talent is is unique. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, I feel bad. This is the first time I've listened to him. Yeah, uh, and, you, I, and I didn't listen to him because anybody. I just randomly am like. I'll check this out. Yeah. Basically, it's the new releases, dude. It's just like, oh, what's, what's going on here? And I listen to right. it, I'm like, oh, I feel bad now. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's amazing. I think also um, that there's a, a thing about him, like, to tie this into the election. He's from Detroit, mm-hmm. which um, to me is fascinating in the sense that, like, people think of, like, Detroit as either, like, Motown or Blue Collar. Yeah. And there's this, like, space in between where, like, people forget that, like, George Clinton and Parliament fun- mm-hmm. and, 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 and Parliament started off as, like, a suit and tie wearing, like, bunch of, like, nice black guys who then discovered death. Well, there you go. Right. You you know. I do know. Yeah. And then they, you know, they, they fell into, like, the way of some, some, some psychedelic drugs that were mean. And then they, you know, became P-Funk. And it's the same thing with, like, Danny Brown in a lot of ways. And that's why, um... Was it Wade and Water? Yeah. It's so cool because... You want to hear that? Yeah. Wanna, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was here, I was going to say, that cat came it's down. Like I was I'm ready. Wade and Water. Dance in the water. Dance in the water, yeah. Is Gus here? All right. Yeah. That's the goat. Can you work that? You deserve it, you deserve it Get it out and let it all down Shake it, don't break it Bend over and touch your top You been waiting, you been waiting We'll play and get down on the floor I know lately, I know lately You been feeling like you wanna let loose No debating, no debating Will you find your chest to you? No hate, no hate Whatever, it's all on you Put it on me, put it on me Let me tell you what we do I, I listened to that record the first time and I was like, oh, this is like actual P Funk. Like in mm-hmm. real life. Yeah, it's a, well, it's, it's like, P Funk. It's like I was saying, it's, it's a weird mix of like Austin Powers mod and like hip hop. And, and that's why at the top of this, I said, I don't, I don't know if I would call this album a hip hop album. We're all staring at Gus. Well, hip hop <laughs> well, is a, well, I mean, there's a thing that KRS said that rap is what you do and hip hop is what you live. Mm-hmm. So, hip hop okay. is the culture and rap is the job within that culture. So, like, Danny Brown is a very good rapper at hip hop culture and the type of hip hop culture that he lives, I guess, is influenced by all this other stuff that, like, nobody else is really fucking with in hip hop, mm-hmm. which makes his record, like, so cool. But, um, but yeah, so, like, it's funny because it's like I listened to this and that was this was the first time that I heard a record by Danny Brown and I was like, oh, you actually are George Clinton, like mm. in real life, yeah. Like because it was like every time I would listen, I'd be like, oh, you're like a rapper who like put on George's clothes and like stood in front of a mic and was like, okay, I'm wearing diapers, so this is this is dope, right? 
Like, look at me in my diapers. And then it's like, this is the record. This is the record where you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, he's actually, like, morphed into this thing fully. And he, like, has, like, owned it. And you're like, okay, he's got, like, the guts to, like, make the track and, like, stand on it and just be like, boom, this is dope. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Y'all look at it like I was crazy when I started making this point. So I understand that, though. No, I think it was just staring at Gus. Like, what the fuck is Gus I was looking at you like you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Marcus Moore. Oh, oh, hey, oh, hey, guys. Hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. Gotcha. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Gotcha. Mike. Uh, <laughs> Marcus is the uh, senior. We're going to ask you to do an experiment here. This is, you're going to live edit. As a senior editor of Bandcamp here, Yeah. Like you, you're going to have to edit our, what we've just said here. No, 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 no. no, no you're going to have to Everything's perfect. You got anything to add or, or say? You know, like, I mean, I just have a quick point because, no, seriously, you all made, you all pretty much said everything. I don't have anything to add, but. I mean, just a quick shout out to Paul White. You know, he's produced the last couple records. Yeah. And I still think people don't really realize how much he contributes to Danny Brown. I mean, Danny Brown says that Paul White is his favorite producer for a reason. Like, he cre- even before Danny, Paul's been creating this, like, really weird, disorienting kind of, like, hip instrumental hip-hop for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I just think Paul, I, I think if anything else... You know, Danny is rapping his ass off, but at the same time, Paul White gave him like a super serious soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this blows up Paul as well, you know, because a well, lot of Paul, people. Paul's like Kabasi on, on, on. Right. To be butterfly. So. Yeah, it's like he's. um, I don't know. I, I hope Paul comes out with something really quickly because, I mean, people are still talking about this Danny Brown record. So yeah. hopefully Paul can follow the momentum. But let's, you know, just a quick shout out to him for sure. Yeah. So uh, I'll start with you, Marcus. What would you suggest people do with this record besides trip their face off? Um, take a, that's, on, that's just grab a grab <laughs> a bag of something. No, 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 I'm joking. <laughs> um, I would suggest that uh, you just you, you stream it, and uh, just because I think that's the best way to you know take Danny Brown's music is not necessarily to buy it because it's like made very much in the the essence of this era. So I would just stream it as much okay. as possible. Sarah, stream it, listen to it once. never again no i mean it it, it should be listened to once if you can listen to it five six seven eight nine ten times you have a more advanced ear than i all right brianna we know what you we know what you're about like brianna yeah (laughs) get get it get get it she's giving it let's hear you say it we got double mics in stereo find a way to acquire it okay uh find a way I'm the only person down here that's going to buy this shit. And uh, the reason is I think uh, this type of thing, and I could just be naive and old, but I think this type of thing comes along only once in a while, and when it does, support it. I mean, look, he's got a fan base. Uh, So so he's in no danger of losing support for shit, but, uh, you know, support it more. And 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 also I'm a fan of stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm. I I really am. Mm. I, I, I... uh, you know, which we're going to talk about in just a second, because um, we're not going to end right right now. But uh, but that's how you grow, and and you if somebody, I mean, there's been so much shit more that you've tossed me this year, or you, um, dallying and stuff, and then we just throw back and forth. They're just like, I don't know anything about that, but I have an open ear, mm-hmm. and so and and you have to listen to it. 
and it's okay not to like it. That mm-hmm. that's the biggest right. thing. It's yep. okay not to like things. Um, and uh, on that front, instead of bouncing off the planet's track, uh, since we're all down here, and uh, and honestly, thank you guys for being down here. This has been a hard fucking week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Might be. And, uh, and I said this of uh, the uh, outro of the last podcast. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to be talking about this stuff with anybody else. You guys are, are the best. And you. Uh, But, you know, we, we know all about the election. And, uh, Brianna, you have the, the good idea to talk about what we're listening to to cope with what we have now is not... It's... Uh, Let's be clear. This is not a new America. This is this is America as it has always been, and now that America is in power. So, who wants to start, guys? <laughs> um, uh, you know, I've been I've been kind of. It's weird. I think we all kind of experienced this, where even even though you have like deadlines and you have other stuff that you have to listen to for like work or whatever like there's certain records that just kind of pull you back you know what i mean like stuff that maybe you've already reviewed or just stuff that you just really like and for me um leading up to the election for some reason i was being pulled back to kamazi washington's the epic uh record yeah and it's not really an overtly political record like it's it's just a three uh, it's a super awesome three-hour jazz joint He's not really tackling political themes, but for whatever reason, I was I've been listening to that a lot because it really touches the tenor of where I want to go now. You know, like aspiring higher and not trying to be totally depressed by what's going on. So between that and like, um, I think I've talked to you guys about Shabaka and the ancestors. Absolutely, I've been listening to that this week. Yeah, Yeah, I've been going back to that a lot. Um. Definitely not common. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I had to say that publicly. Don't apologize. There are phones being passed back and forth. But, but anyway, yeah. I don't know what that was. But okay. <laughs> A lot just happened. Um, I personally, on the day after... Um, we drove America to hell. Well, we didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> on the day somebody drove America to hell, um, the first song on my mind when I woke up was All Right I by Kendrick Lamar. And I didn't really care for that song prior to yesterday. Um, you a hater. I wasn't a hater. When I went to To Pimp a Butterfly, I really liked you. I really liked King Kunta. Mm-hmm. But the fact that All Right emerged as the protest song like in the, over the past year was very kind of, I mean, I get why, but it just didn't, you know, just wasn't for me until yesterday when it felt better than it's ever felt before. Well, I mean, that, that song was, was simple writing, simple message in a really complex album. Right. And, I mean, we, in this cliche as fuck, but we played that as our year-end, like, going out music. Because everything that happened in 2015, which was horrible. Yeah. Not as horrible as now. <laughs> now, in hindsight, it's just like, that's cool, man. Like, we can deal with that. But, you know, we played that. And it, and, it, and because I genuinely believe that. And that was one of those moments in that album that let everybody in. Because everybody has the ability for to hope. 
I mean, maybe it wasn't my song because of where I was at the time. Right. The fact that I really right. liked you, which is right. super And now I feel bad for jumping in. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to explain it. I know, it like, yeah. it's fine. Um, Ultra Light Beam sounds different today. Um, mm-hmm. I think because of the gospel-y vibes, like, you don't necessarily want to turn on gospel right now because then you can't, like, curse and be a terrible person. Yeah. But on a rap album... With gospel music, it's like, well, this is uplifting, but I'm still allowed to say, fuck everybody yes. at yeah. the same time. And um, Solange is mad has yes. really been on my mind and that whole in album. my ears. Great. So good. Miss Godfrey. A lot of Ghostface, mm-hmm. Iron Man. Scary one. <laughs> a lot of... Wu-Tang in general, a lot of mob deep. I feel angry. I don't want to lose my angry edge. Anger will propel me to action. I don't want to, in two weeks, be lulled back into complacency. I want to keep my edge. I'm listening to a lot of angry hip-hop right now, which transports me back to a better time and also keeps me angry. I'm going to go next and give you the last word, Dylan. Okay. Uh... (laughs) I spent yesterday, woke up crying, like, and and I actually emailed you guys, like, is it okay if I'm still crying? Uh, I think that's an appropriate response to this, if you care about uh, people in general. Uh, woke up crying, and then worked from, worked from home and started drinking about, like, two <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was all dumb. But I, I went back to work today. Um, because I think this is, you know, there's been a real uh, sentiment of, you know, this is grieving. And it, and I think it is. And it is like grieving. I haven't felt like this. Uh, I said as much on Facebook today. I haven't felt like this since 9-11. I think a lot of people have that feeling. It's empty, vacuous, time stands still. There is no air. There is no sense. There is just you alone to comp- contemplate your existence and where you are with other people. And I got to work this morning after, uh, unfortunately, reviewing uh, or listening back to our Leonard Cohen podcast, uh, because that's what I have to do, and uh, put on Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. And that, specifically the horn kicking right in the beginning of that, that it's the only thing, uh, aside from my cats and my lady, that have made me uh, feel good. And it made me feel good. It made me feel good because... It connected the past. This is not. This is not the first time, guys. This is the worst time in our lifetimes, but it's not the first time. And uh, it connected that with now, and letting basically let me know that we're gonna. We got through it. That's, that's really what it amounts to. I, and I hope we get through it. Nobody can ever answer that, but we we did get through it. You all do. I mean, I, dude, I'm the one white guy in the room. You guys, and, and this is like, and, and this is, and, and I hate to put it like that, but this is, you know, the first thing I said to, to Marcus Dowling, and this is like, I'm worried about you now. I'm worried about all of you. And, and you guys have said as much on Facebook. Like, it's now up to, like, people like me to protect, try and protect you, which is fucking, it's 2016. We're all adults. Like, and, yeah. but, uh, if it comes to that, yeah, I, I've seen enough sci-fi movies. We can handle it. 
Like, yeah, brother. You guys know hand, how Gus is handy with. You see how he fucked up my albums. <laughs> some, some people, but uh, yeah. Mr. Dowling. Um, let's see. So uh, I've I've been of two different mindsets uh, regarding this election. Number one is the fact that like I predicted this was going to happen 18 months ago, and I feel like a real. Don't be Bryce. I hi Bryce. Um. <laughs> Because Bryce, because because you know Bryce wanted me to write something for Rainbow mm-hmm. Roots about that, but um, in any event, um, on to other news. Um, yeah, so I, I've been feeling a certain way about this because I feel like really, really, really like I let my like, like I I wish more people would have understood that I wasn't coming to this from a position of antagonism. I was actually really mad at myself for realizing that this could happen, and it really sucked. So um, I I punished my ears uh, for for most of the post election day. I listened to Casey Musgraves' uh, pageant material. Mm-hmm. I listened to to, to 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 biscuits, and was like, "Yep, mind your own biscuits, and life will be gravy." And that just sounds like every single like terrible like Caucasian person that I saw like walking down the street. I'm just like, look at the smile on their face, and I'm like, and then and Casey Musgraves like playing in my ears, and I'm just like, I don't like any of you. Y'all did a bad thing. You know you did a bad thing. And um, on the other side, like I woke up this morning, and I uh, listened to Staple Singers, listened mm. to um, "Respect Yourself" and "I'll Take You There," and Mavis is uh, a piece of the action, uh, and you know it's just gospel music. And the Staple Singers, Mavis especially, is my favorite vocalist of all time. So like to hear her voice, like you're just like, okay, so uh, yeah, I want a piece of the action. Tremendous main attraction. I was like, "Oh, I'm ready to go." <laughs> I like let like a smile out for the first time. I was like, "Let's get it. Like, let's let's, let's do some stuff." And I did some stuff today, so I feel really good about that. And uh, yeah, so it's 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 just it's it's not all terrible. Like we 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 we're intelligent people. There are like five intelligent people in this room, and and none of us voted for Donald Trump. And even and we're also the kind of people where we know people that voted for Donald Trump, like personally. Yeah. And well, you know, okay, congratulations. Not a one. Congratulations, that's good. <laughs> Sarah would have dropped them already. <laughs> <laughs> so in any event, like I, I happen to know many people that voted for Donald Trump, even like in my very like close, like relatively close personal circle, who happily voted for Donald Trump, and were like. This was the best decision I ever made in my life. I mean, you forget, I was in the professional wrestling industry very heavily for, like, the better part of 15 years, so no lie to these people. And, uh, you know, so it's like, you have to be like, okay, well, I I can't stab you in the eye. I can't. Like, you, you got one. You won. Fair and square. Like, it was not like, it's not like, like I said upstairs, it's not like Hillary said there's a hanging chad or something and she's going right. to contest the election. She's like, I lost. I took the L. She conceded. Like, she's the loser. Donald Trump is the winner. You cannot erase that out of history. So it's like, okay, moving forward, because your guy won, I have to respect you. Like, and that's the, the sad, fucked up part of you. You gotta respect, like... No. No, no. you do. No, no, we don't. no you do. <laughs> you but listen, do not. No, no, we actually do not. Don't. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me, though. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. You have the floor. Listen to me. I'm listening. Listen to me. You don't, like, it's like... You have to respect the, the the decision that was made. Like it's like like in a boxing match. Like a guy won and a guy lost. So you have to respect in the annals of history, like Muhammad Ali defeated Joe Frazier. No matter how much you might not like Muhammad Ali, 
and love Joe Frazier, you can't go in the street and say, Muhammad should have won. No, he got knocked out or whatever. You know, like that, the, the guy did not win. So you have to sit there and go, okay. So in the face of this like error that this person could wave in my face for the rest of humanity, the rest of life, I could be so angry and this person could just look at me and say, well, they lost. And what can I do in response? Nothing. That's the point where you stop and you go, okay, that was one day. We literally have the entire rest of time to rectify that one day. To make sure that something like this never happens again. And that people are aware enough to not go into the, not go into the polling place and make that choice. You're such a good person. I'm glad. Thank you. But you have, but you like have you to exist. do that. You have to make sure because, <laughs> because the thing is, is that these conservative people are not the like conservative people we've had in America ever before. They have, they have passed a mandate that says that America can start again. That it's 1787. And that we are three-fifths of a person. We constitute in this room a combined total of like two people. Yeah. And in that situation, you have to stop and go, we could be mad, we could protest, we could do this, we could do that, but that doesn't solve the problem that that's a thing that's real in the world. And when you think about those things that are real in the world, you're like, okay, well, we just have to make sure that that never fucking happens again. Like, that it never does. That that, that thing never exists ever again. That there's never a point in American history where it's okay to make anybody feel less than themselves yep and that's what i mean by respect because that's what you have to do in order to make that happen you have to have that second and have that moment when you can stop and go you did that right there but because you know me and you see me we will you will never do that again you will never ever do that again ever as long as I'm breathing and a breath in my body and every single other person is breathing and has breath in their body, you will never make that choice again. We will talk this out. We will take the steps. We will work together. We will, I will force you to sit with me and drink a cup of coffee. I will force you to sit with me and listen to me over Gchat, Instant Messenger, whatever. I will force you to have lunch with me. I will force you to sit next to me in, my, in, your, in your cubicle or whatever. And that's what happens. That's what has to happen. So that this never happens again. Because it's a really bad thing that happened. Yep. And it, it can't happen again. And that's the kind of thing that has to happen for the, for the thing that never, ever happen again. Because it's terrible. No, Preach on, brother. Well, Preach on. Right. Now I'm going to get off my well, soapbox. Because right. I'm, I'm fired up and mad. And you know I'm mad. So. That's why you're my brother, man. Uh, on that, I heard the lady walk in. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming down. We're in trouble. And, I, and I, I, I feel a lot better than I did this morning. Gotcha, man. So, you guys are the best. Talk soon.
<laughs> 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 Kenobi.